The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Today, 60 years after the UFO abduction of Betty and Barney Hill, more and more people are convinced that UFOs are real and their existence is being covered up by the government. If you have doubts or questions about the Hill case or alien experiences in general, tonight we will discuss the book titled Captured. The 1961 abduction of the Hills stirred worldwide interest and enthralled the public and media for decades. The case is mentioned in almost all UFO abduction books. It also became a target for debunkers who still attack it today. But the complete story of what really happened that day, its effect on the participants and the findings of investigators has never been told until now. This is the true story of the world's first documented alien abduction, the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Kathleen Marden is a leading ufologist who since 1990 has been researching the perplexing nature of UFOs and the non-human entities associated with highly advanced aerial vehicles. Not through the work of others, but via her own groundbreaking research, investigation, and experimentation. Her research has extended to archival collections and the U.S. government's involvement in the investigation of UFOs and its major studies. This is combined to give her a depth of knowledge that few possess. She earned a bachelor's degree in social work and was employed as an educator and education services coordinator while attending graduate school. She's a certified practitioner of regression hypnosis and the quantum healing hypnosis technique. Her interest in UFOs and contact began in 1961 when her aunt and uncle, Betty and Barney Hill, had a close encounter and subsequent abduction in New Hampshire's White Mountains. She spent 15 years in painstaking investigation of the Hill abduction case and continues to seek the scientific analysis of the compelling evidence. She has worked on three comprehensive studies on nearly 5,000 experiencers, two of which she initiated and sought to an end and has five professionally published books. Her bestseller with nuclear physicist Stanton Friedman is Captured, the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience, which will be the focus of tonight's interview. She and Stanton Friedman worked together for nearly 14 years and collaborated on two additional books, Science Was Wrong and Fact, Fiction and Flying Saucers. And she has written additional books. Most recently, her work has been featured on Ancient Aliens, and several travel channel shows. 
Kathleen has lectured at conferences across the United States and in Canada, Mexico, Brazil, and the UK. She has given video lectures also in Denmark and China. Now we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. Her website is kathleen-martin.com. And directly from Central Florida, I would like to welcome, for the first time on Veritas, Kathleen Martin. Hello, Kathleen, and welcome. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you. It's nice to be with you this evening. My pleasure. And as I said before, I'm surprised you have never been with me here, even though I've met you several times. Like many people, I thought you were Stanton Friedman's wife at one point. <laughs> people made that mistake. I guess they saw me next to him and uh, thought that I was his wife helping him out. But no, I'm... Uh, a researcher and co-author of three books, as you said. I said to myself, with who's Stanton? that beautiful lady, smart lady, always with Stanton? But, you know, <laughs> you and Stanton wrote this book, but I didn't know, and I, I have to apologize right from the beginning. I didn't know until recently that you were Betty Hill's niece. Oh, yes, yes. I have been all of my life. I was 13 years old when she and my uncle had their experience. And she phoned my mother when they arrived home. They had taken a nap. But she was uh, very concerned that the craft had come so close to her and to Barney when he was standing in the field uh, within 100 feet of him that she feared they had been exposed to radiation. And we had a neighbor who was a physicist. So she was on the phone with my mother, and I was uh, overhearing my mother's side of the conversation. Uh, as they discussed what to do, my mother called the physicist. And for some reason, He told my mother that if Betty had a compass, she should take it to the car to see how the needle reacted. Now, that's not going to measure radiation. That is going to uh, detect a magnetic field. So apparently, he knew something about this that we didn't know at the time. And you were 13 at the time, am I right? Yeah, that's correct. I was 13. So I want to really, this is the 60th anniversary coming September 19th of this year, will be 60 years after this event, in the 1960s. All we heard when it comes to abductions was really the George Adamski stories, but it wasn't until the testimony of, of Betty and Barney that things really changed. It was a paradigm shift. Why is this abduction case so important? And then we'll dive into it. Well, it certainly was a paradigm shift because with George Adamski, you were dealing with benevolent space brothers who were here to help Earthlings. In Betty and Barney's story, they were kind of stalked by a UFO as they drove down Route 3 in upstate New Hampshire while they were returning from a vacation. And this craft followed them swooped down, hovered over them. They heard a series of uh, code-like buzzing sounds that caused their car to vibrate and for a tingling sensation to pass through their bodies. The next thing they knew, they were 35 miles down the highway with very little recall of what had happened in the interim. They remembered encountering a roadblock They remembered a fiery orb that appeared to be sitting 
on the ground. They heard a second series of these buzzing sounds and were brought back to full consciousness. Uh, they looked for the craft this time. They didn't see it. And Barney said to Betty, uh, I can prove to you that I can make that sound with this car. So he stopped the car on the highway and drove from one side to the other, attempting to create that sound, but he could not do it. And so Betty said to him, uh, Barney, do you believe in flying saucers now? And he said, mm, don't be ridiculous, Betty. There's no such thing as flying saucers. He liked to kid her. He knew there were. He had been standing in a field with binoculars to his eyes, looking up at non-humans who were looking back at him. They were hovering only 100 feet overhead. He could see the lighted row of windows. All but one suddenly made a turn toward what appeared to be some kind of panel on the back of that hallway. Their arms went up. He could see from the tops of their heads down to their knees. And when that happened, little red lights started to slide out from the sides of this silent oval-shaped craft that he said reminded him of a giant pancake. And something started to drop down out of the underside of the craft. Barney immediately thought that he was going to be captured like a bug in a net, he said. And that is when he pulled the binoculars away from his eyes with so much force that he broke the leather strap and went screaming back to the car to Betty that they had to get out of there or they were going to be abducted. And as he was entering the car, he saw that craft coming in his direction. Moments later, that's when they heard the buzzing sounds. And I want to discuss also, before we continue in chronological order, I want to discuss how among the many skeptics about Betty and Barney's claims, you were one of those skeptics, am I right? When did you jump into the quackmire of UFO abductions, and how did you go from skeptic to believer? Well, I indeed was a skeptic because I had been reading um, the articles and books written by skeptics, and I had also uh, watched skeptics on television who were discussing the case, and so I had a skeptical point of view, and I wanted to know for myself if my aunt and uncle actually had this experience or if it was just a mistake, maybe dreams that Betty had that she was convinced were real. Maybe my uncle overheard those dreams and thought that uh, they had had the experience. It would have been unlikely for Betty and Barney to do that because they were really down-to-earth people, intelligent people. But uh, I wanted to do my own investigation. So I actually took training from the Mutual UFO Network and became a field investigator and began a very long process of investigation 
and research. I had all of Betty's files from all of the years dating back to 1961, all of the documented evidence, all the reports from uh, UFO investigators and from the Air Force as well. I, she gave me the hypnosis tapes, which I transcribed, about 10 hours of tapes uh, for comparative analysis. And I wasn't a very good typist at that point, but uh, I got that done. And I wanted to do that comparative analysis so that I could compare the statements that Betty wrote about a sequence of five dreams that she had uh, beginning 10 nights after uh, their encounter and lasting for five nights. She told me that she had dreamed for only five nights and that the beginning and the end of those dreams were things that they remembered, that she had conscious recall for. But sandwiched in between those was an abduction by entities that looked very human in Betty's dreams. So uh, I wanted to compare those statements to what Betty and Barney said under hypnosis with Dr. Benjamin Simon. And uh, it, it was very interesting. I did uh, write about this at length in Captured, the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. But I can tell you that after I uh, did that comparative analysis, I was less convinced that uh, the skeptics were correct about the series of dreams that Betty had. She and Barney made statements under hypnosis that uh, were nearly identical, but were different from the statements they made under hypnosis and some are uh, in Betty's dreams. And some of this information in Betty's dreams uh, contradicted the information that both Betty and Barney stated in hypnosis. But the, the most important thing about this is that Dr. Simon, who was a renowned neuropsychiatrist, interviewed them under hypnosis separately, and he reinstated amnesia at the end of each session. He did this for two reasons. One, because he didn't want one to contaminate the other one's statements, and two, because at times during the hypnosis sessions, Betty and Barney were so traumatized that he did not want them to remember that trauma immediately because it could cause them additional anxiety. And, you know, one of those uh, skeptics had written that Betty's uh, UFO abduction was like spending an afternoon in the grocery store. And uh, I learned that it certainly was not. There was one session where Dr. Simon had to end the session early uh, because Betty was sobbing. She was extraordinarily distressed. Very clever from the neuropsychiatrist to do that. You know, and I've, I've interviewed abductees or experiences, experiences as some of them prefer to be referred to. Some have full recollection, Kathleen, and some had to be hypnotically regressed. How do you 
think the beings accomplish erasing or blocking rather some memories and not others. You know, I have been researching that for years, and uh, I think that it is electromagnetic. I I know that they have a pointer that they can point at a person. They made the decision that Betty was not going to remember what had occurred and that Barney wasn't. Betty was the one who said, if it's the last thing I do, I will remember this. Uh, and so she remembered more than Barney. But uh, also, there are people who do have a full memory of what has occurred, which is pretty amazing. Um, but uh, I do believe that it has something to do with a, an electromagnetic field. And in the years, past 30 years, that I have worked with experiencers, uh, I have discovered that uh, the non-human entities on the craft uh, show them the same scenes, uh, either through holographic images or on screens, over and over again. They're given warnings about the dangers of nuclear weapons. They're giving warnings about environmental collapse. Uh, they have been indoctrinated for since 1954, that's as far back as I've been able to trace it. And they have been asking these uh, human experiencers to carry that message. So I am not certain that all of these uh, non-human entities on craft realize that humans uh, who are exposed to this powerful electromagnetic field are not going to remember uh, what they have been asked to do when they have been released and are back in their homes. It reminds me of my conversation with Jim Sparks. You probably know who Jim Sparks is. Yes, I do. In that story of where they, he's sat down and he has to watch these images or holograms of what the future might look like on planet Earth if we don't if we don't address these issues. But were Betty and Barney, were they chosen or were they just victims of being in the wrong place at the wrong time? Well, Betty and Barney believed that they were victims of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. They, the craft had come in fairly close. They stopped the car, got out with binoculars to, to look at this craft uh, three times uh, before it uh, hovered over their car and they heard those buzzing sounds that I spoke of. So, But I wonder... Because I have worked, as you said, on those three major research studies, and we have discovered that in about 60% of experiencers, uh, this is uh, carried through generations. So it's intergenerational. And Betty and Barney had what was a classic abduction experience. I wonder if Betty actually had been taken before, perhaps dating back to her childhood, we know that the vast majority of experiencers are taken for the first time before they're 20 years old. So I, I will never have the answer 
to that question, but that's what I wonder now. And also, you had a genetic link to Betty, obviously. How close were you to her? And I bet you had intimate conversations that she didn't share with others. Am I right? Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.